to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Ah, thank you so very, very much. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Today, in the What's Hot Spotlight is Miss Frida Payne. Frida is an American singer and actress. She began her career in music during the mid-60s and is still current today. Her most famous hit singles were Band of Gold and Bring the Boys Home. Frida has acted in musicals and films and as well as hosted a TV talk show. When Frida met Johnny Mathis, chemistry and musicality abounded as they breathed delicious life into George and Ira Gershwin's classic, They Can't Take That Away From Me. As a tantalizing sneak peek from the new CD, the sound of these legends' voices together on one mic for the first time anywhere, anytime is a treat for the ears and hearts of all. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Frida Payne is what's hot. <laughs> Hello, Frida. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Keith? You certainly are, and um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing great. So nice to be with you. I'm thank telling you. you. It's a pleasure to so, be here with you. Well, thank you so very, very much. How are you holding up uh, in this COVID uh, environment? I'm holding up. Uh, you know, it's it's been a little, you know, sometimes it's trying, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, know, you kind of like say you feel blessed because you know, you start hearing stories about other people losing, actually losing their lives, being very ill, uh, people who are, you know, have to stand in food lines. And I'm saying, well, you know, I'm very blessed. I've been, I've been able to sustain and I don't have to do that. But I just got my vaccination, by the way, yesterday. <laughs> you did, did you? Well, yeah, no, I must- it was, no, it was the day before yesterday. I got it the day before. And my show, my, my arm got sore the next day. Well, I got mine yesterday. Oh, you did! Oh, yes, wow. I got mine yesterday, and I'm I'm going to post a video of it uh, after you and I finish with our conversation today. I'm going to I had a video shot of me getting my first shot. My arm is not sore so far, and that's good. Well, that's a good sign. Uh, it it was like 24 hours before my arm got sore, but it wasn't. Oh. I mean, when I got the shot, I couldn't <laughs> even feel the prick. It was sort of like, are you sure you vaccinated me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did you get Did you get the Moderna or the other one? The Moderna. Yeah. I had uh, I had re- when I got there, they already had me registered uh, as getting the Moderna. But I I re- I said, can't I get the Pfizer? But they already had predetermined what you were going to get. You know. Yeah, mine mine was Moderna as well. So let us. Talk about this new project, this new wonderful, I mean, to be uh, in a duet with the the great Johnny Mathis. I mean, both of you guys are legends, and to have your voices together on the same uh, CD. Tell me, how did this project come about? Well, there was um, a young man by the name of Rodrigo Rios, who is the producer on the project. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he's Brazilian, by the way. And he he started coming to my shows out here in L.A. And and he became very interested in wanting to record me. And he said uh, at first he wanted to do um, he said, let's do an, an Ella Fitzgerald album. And have you ever recorded that before? I said, no, but I've done the play Ella Fitzgerald First Lady of Song. He said and then he, he changed it and he said, you know what? You Let's do an um, album of duets. So we st- he, he started coming up with names mm-hmm. and he said, uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater. He mm-hmm. says, what do you think about her? I said, I love Dee Dee. You know, she's a fantastic singer. And then he and then he um, and then he said, Kurt, uh, Kurt Elling, who is fantastic, by the way. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's a great jazz artist and the Grammy Award winner and everything. And then he said, Johnny Mathis. <clears throat> and I said, wow, do you think we can get Johnny? He said, do you know him? <laughs> I said, yes, I know him. I said, but I've never worked with him before. And that's Johnny Mathis. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So uh, he's done duets with other, of course, with other women before, such as Denise Williams. Matter of fact, they had a huge hit, oh, you know, did. back in the day. Let's uh, let's uh, uh, too too much, too little, too late. Ever try again. And that was a big hit for them, both mm-hmm. of them together. And he's done duet with Dionne Warwick and some others. And so <clears throat> he contacted Johnny's manager and the answer came back. Johnny said he would love to do a duet with me. Wow. Uh, and then, of course, we went into the studio. We did five things. This is going to be an EP, not, a, you know, like not a 10 or 12 tunes. It's going to be like um, we're going to be doing six tunes on this EP. And so uh, our executive producer, who was James Michael Getz, Mm-hmm. He came in and he said, okay, I'll take care of this because I wasn't on a label. I wasn't on a label that they would normally finance this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was this was a, a private project. This was an independent project. And so he became the James Michael Getz became the executive producer. Rodrigo Reels is the one that brought this together in terms of uh, having the interest in me even, you know, recording. And of course he said, we're, we're going to do it at Capitol Records mm-hmm. here in, in Hollywood in Studio A. And that's how it all happened. Oh, and we got the uh, great arranger. Uh, we, we talked about arrangers, who would be the best arrangers. And, and uh, he came up with um, Gordon Goodwin. Gordon Goodwin is the arranger. And the mm-hmm. big band is, uh, is uh, our musicians are called the, they're called the Big Fat Band. Wow. Well, you know, uh, you've you've done pop, soul, jazz. Which do you prefer? I <clears throat> I prefer jazz. You prefer but jazz. I like so I like I like variety. I like doing it all. But I prefer you know I, I prefer jazz because that's those are my roots. I started out singing jazz. Hmm. Uh, but then good. again, I do the R and B because I know that that uh, you have to make you have to you know keep yourself current and you have to you know give the people what they want. So not everybody is into jazz, you know, not everybody is into the, you know, jazz cabaret. They want to, you know, they want to get a little, you know, uh, something a little more uh, uh, commercial. Mm. Well, uh, you mentioned, uh, as you were speaking uh, just a moment ago, you mentioned D.D. Bridgewater. Uh, D.D. was a background singer on my first and only single that I yeah. had out. 
Yeah, Roy Ayers uh, uh, took me into the studio some years ago, and uh, we did uh, a thing called Sneakers, and the other side was called A Mother's Blues. And, and Dee Dee was one of the background singers uh, on my single. Wow, that's going she, back. She, yeah. Yes, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal singer. Oh and, yeah, she's a great she's a great jazz artist. Period. Blues, oh, yeah. jazz. Yeah, she did. Um, she started out doing uh, sophisticated ladies mm -hmm, in nineteen mm -hmm. was it in nine was it nineteen eighty one or nineteen eighty, and she did the the Los Angeles Company here at the Schubert. Mm -hmm. She would no longer exist anymore. But anyway, she did that. She also did the first national company she toured. And then she went to Europe and she did it in Paris. And that's wow. when the magic happened. And they loved her in Paris. And that's it. She became that's when Paris embraced her, you know, because over there, especially in France, they love African-American women. Who are talented oh yes uh, oh yes a la josephine baker and people mm -hmm. like that so so that's what kind that's really i think what kind of set her career got it got it in motion well see now now you just dropped another name you just dropped the name josephine baker miss becker i <laughs> i worked on broadway with miss baker Really? I was her yes, I was at the Palace Theater on Broadway. I was her MC for her one woman show that she did. Uh, and I was honored to to be in her presence because my my mother had told me as a child about this wonderful woman named Josephine Baker. And, yeah. And for me to be on stage with her for a week, I, I did a week with her as her MC, uh, it was just a real honor. Oh, wow. I know that's a great honor and a great memory for you. Did you get picked? I hope you did. You get pictures with her? I didn't get a picture with her, but I did get a mention in the New York Times. All right. Well, that's yes. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw her. Um, I got to see her for the first time. Uh, it was in the 70s. I thought it, it might have been like around 73, 74. She was at Carnegie Hall. Do you remember that that time? She, I, I think she went to Carnegie Hall after she left the Palace Theater. Yeah. So that was like, that makes good sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. So now tell me, this tune with uh, Johnny, uh, it, it's a Gershwin tune. How did you guys pick this particular tune? Uh, they can't take that away from me. Well, actually, it was Rodrigo. Rodrigo is the one who... Uh, said, let's do uh, the song I want you to do with Johnny. Matter of fact, he picked all the songs, literally, except for the one I did with Dee Dee. He didn't, he had nothing to do with the, the choice there. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain. Uh, he's the one that picked, uh, they can't take that away from me. Cause he felt that I should do standards. You know, he felt that it would be more, it, it would be, it would have more of a staying power you know, to do standards and to like more of like a catalog type thing. Right. Uh, where it would have a longer life. And uh, that's what he thought. And, but the song is great. I love, actually, I perform the song as a solo artist when I'm doing my Ella tribute. Oh, really? But, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then with Dee Dee, I came up, I always, you see, I did an album on the, I was signed to Mac Avenue, that Mike Mac Avenue jazz label. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a, one album with them, and it was called Come Back to Me, Love. And uh, 
after I did that album, I was thinking about what would I do for my next project, you know? So I'm thinking, oh, I've never, I would love to do doodling. I would <laughs> love to do doodling. So I, um, you know, kind of like kept that thought out there. So when DD, when, when Rodrigo suggested DD, mm-hmm. uh, I said, you know what, Rodrigo, I love doodling. I said, but you know that song, Moaning? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, every time I sing doodling, I keep hearing moaning. And so I said, I want to do it so that we do it playing off of one another. Mm. You know, so it starts out with me singing moaning. And then Dee Dee comes in singing doodling. And then we cross, we intersperse it together. Oh, that's so nice. So yeah, nice. it's great. It's a great, by the way, it's a fantastic arrangement. Wow. Well, I got a chance to listen to uh, They Can't Take That Away From Me, the the, the duet. Uh, and you guys were, it was just a beautiful song. And the way you guys uh, handled it, uh, it was it was just wonderful. And I, I encourage people to go and uh, listen to, uh, uh, they can Google it on, on YouTube and, and take a listen to it. Just to yeah. get a, a sampling of what's to come with the EP. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Kenny Lattimore. I did a duet with Kenny Lattimore, and we did "Let There Be Love," the old Nat King Cole song. Mm. You know, so I I decided. I said, you know what? You can't get any better than the Nat King Cole arrangement on "Let There Be Love." It's just unique. So the best thing to do is to change it. You know, mm-hmm. do something, reinvent it, change it. So when Gordon Goodwin first did the first. Um, example of it and send it to me mm-hmm. i said gordon you know what this is nice but i'm doing a duet with kenny Lattimore." i said and he is a really good r&b singer he is really good and i think we should do something a little funkier put some funk into it okay <laughs> and i did i said he made it more stand he did it first he did it kind of standard mm-hmm. i said no you change it around put some funk in it and he came back with an arrangement. I said, okay, you did it. Wow. So when you hear it, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Uh, now, you, you've done Broadway uh, and you've done touring also. Uh, which Broadway shows are you most noted for? I would say, uh, ooh, I would say, hmm. Uh, I've done several, several touring companies of Duke Ellington Sophisticated Ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have done uh, The Blues in the Night, Sheldon Epps. Mm-hmm. And I've done about five companies of that. Wow. And uh, I did Jelly's Last Jam mm-hmm. with Maurice Hines. Oh, good old And Maurice. Savion Glover. Yes, okay. Yeah. So I've done, you know, I, I don't know if I'm noted for any particular one. You know, every time I do something, they always, people always say, aren't you going to do Band of Gold? I'm like, that doesn't belong in the show. <laughs> 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 you know, that's something I can't do that here. This is something, this is another project. So, But you have included Band of Gold in maybe two or three other projects that you've done, right? Well, when I perform in a club or or a performing arts center, you know, in a theater, mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. it. I may do, uh, let's say, when I'm just when I'm doing a straight up cabaret act, and I'm doing just my a bunch of a, a variety of of uh, songs. 
uh, but for the most part, I've been doing a lot of of tributes to Ella where that's the whole theme is about Ella Fitzgerald, but I still throw in other stuff, other songs. So um, at the end of the show, at the very end, like they say, your last number, mm-hmm. I, I may do, I may do Band of Gold. And it's so funny that I can see the audience, their eyes, they just light up. They come to, they come to life. <laughs> I did it, and I'm thinking, oh, do they really want me to hear Vandegol after I've just done all this other, you know, wonderful material, you know? And they and they love it because that's the re- they say that's the reason why they came is because they were fans of mine from Band of Gold. From Band of Gold. Well, Frida, we're going to leave it right there and take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, thank you all for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, my special guest. Uh, Today is the lovely, talented Miss Frida Payne, and we'll be right back after this. Harlem, Harlem, America. Harlem Harlem is my town. Where Chase is advancing Black Pathways. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, so we are here with uh, Ms. Frida Payne. Uh, Frida, let's talk about how you were really one of the early activists. I mean, you were standing up for uh, our soldiers, our troops, uh, back back during a time when if you had spoken these words that that, that you sang, uh, like uh, Jane Fonda or Muhammad Ali, you would have been shunned, but, but you put it all into music Yes. And, and because of that, it touched everyone's soul. And I'm talking about Bring the Boys Home. Tell, tell us yes. about that time, about that music, and, and, and about how you uh, touched everyone. Well, at that time, you know, the, uh, the uh, Republican Party was in office, and it was Richard Nixon. And uh, we were at war. It was 1971. So it was right in the thick of all that was going on. And so my record company, uh, they had been looking for another hit for me. And so they came up with the song that uh, they came up with the song and they said, come, 
Uh, we want you to hear this song we put together. It was a song that it was originally really meant for Laura Lee, who was also mm. on the label. Oh, really? And but they wanted me to hear it because they were thinking, well, this might be a better tune, you know, for me to do. And I listened to it, and it brought tears to my eyes. I said, you know what? This bespeaks speaks to the hearts and the souls of the men who are over there, and also their relatives you know, and their, uh, their loved ones. And uh, I just felt like it was a perfect song to put out at that time. So we recorded it. We, would put it, we put it out. And two weeks later, we got a te- they got a telegram. They got a, the record company, Invictus. I was on Invictus Records. Mm-hmm. They got a telegram from Washington, D.C. stating yeah. that my song, Band of Gold, would not be played in South Vietnam due to the fact that it was giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Really? And we were, I was like, what? I really kind of like felt, I don't get it. I mean, it's sort of like, I know where they're coming from, but I didn't agree. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and as a result, the song became a hit. (laughs) <laughs> yes, people, it did it did people love the song it was a first of all it was a good track the lyrics were saying you know bring them back alive bring the boys home bring them back alive can't you see them marching through the sky all the soldiers that have died wow. trying to get home wow. just trying to get home and on that note that lyric can't you see them marching th- across the sky trying to get home all the f- soldiers that have died it kind of like m- reminds me of this movie that's out. Uh, um, the Five Bloods. Yeah, the, the Five Bloods, Spike Lee's oh, latest, yes. latest yes. project, The Five Bloods. And that's why, remember, if you've seen the movie, I saw it, but in the, in, it depicts these brothers, these, these uh, guys uh, who were Vietnam vets mm-hmm, who had mm-hmm. been uh, performed and, 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 uh, uh, served over there, mm-hmm. and one of their brothers, one of their uh, uh, partners, had been killed, and they wanted to go back and find his grave and get his bones and bring him back, bring him mm-hmm. back to the states. Yes, and of course, uh, yeah. Chadwick Bosman was the brother that had been killed. Ah, and, uh, yeah. So it was a good. It kind of reminds me of that. Oh, as a matter of fact, talking about it reminds me of that. Bring the Boys Home as part of the score is played in that film. It is. Oh, wow. It's played in that film. It, it's played in the scene where they're in Vietnam and they're um, in, a, in this like a restaurant and mm-hmm. they're all sitting at a table and uh, just and you can hear Bring the Boys being played is like over the PA system. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know, th- these I don't want to call them kids of today, but the young people of today, they need to know that 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 you are part of our culture, that 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 you have uh, been a part of a movement to uh, help uh, uh, bring attention to the Vietnam War. And uh, and uh, they need to recognize that uh, that you are this this famous woman who uh, didn't didn't you 
go out and even perform for the troops? Did, did you go to? Be uh, I I never did do that. I some people think I did because of the, because of bring the boys home. I thought uh, you did. I, I never did go to Vietnam. No, I, I thought you were with Bob Hope. I, 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 I thought you were with Bob Hope. Yeah, that's who I probably would have been with, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to do that. Mm. Yeah, I've worked. I worked with Bob Hope back then. So maybe that's where I got that from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <clears throat> but you, you worked with Bob Hope. You've worked with. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, gee, I have Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Uh, Sammy right. Davis. Um, oh my God, I worked with a lot of people. Oh, I got to work with um, Sam Cooke back in the day before I yeah. even did Bandigo. You did. Yeah, wow. at Club Harlem. See, I worked Club Harlem uh, back in the '60s, and I worked there. Marvin Gaye. I worked with him. I worked. With with uh, Sam Cooke, yeah, at the Club Harlem before really? they had gambling. There you go. On Kentucky right. Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Larry Steele and his smart affairs. Mm. So, all right, so now you're working on a book, your memoirs. You mentioned uh, Sammy Davis Jr., and I saw a photo of you with Sammy, and you must have been a teenager. Uh, when did that happen? That was in Detroit. I was on a talent contest that was on, on TV. It was called the Ed McKenzie Dance Hour. Mm -hmm. And um, this was my second time on that show because I, I, the first time I went on, I won. And then the second time I went on, I won again. And then Sammy just happened to be the headliner. They Because they always book somebody who was appearing in the city locally who was like a star, you know, a big cabaret star, mm -hmm. and they would have uh, them uh, perform on the show, um, you know, every Saturday. Mm -hmm. And so after I won, Sammy, took, we took a picture together. I was 13. I was 13 years old, and uh, that's when that picture was taken. Well, I almost didn't recognize you, uh, but then I, it, it dawned on me, that, that must be Frida. Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you, know, uh, you know, most people, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, all, all of your life, one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. So how, in your mind, did that translate to you when, you know, consistently being told that you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful? How, how did that translate to you? Well, I considered it a compliment, but I also considered it like a slight burden as well, because you always want to look nice when you go out. You know, I said, well, I don't want anybody to see me without makeup. <laughs> 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 but I wasn't always um, attractive. I wasn't always, let's say, be beautiful. Uh, when I was a kid, up until I was about 12 years old, I was very... I wasn't very attractive at all. I was an ugly duckling. Hmm. And uh, I was uh, very shy. I was very, that contributed to it as well. Mm -hmm. Now, my sister Sherry was like outgoing, gregarious. She was, and she was very cute, you know, and she always wanted to be, um, you know, uh, entertaining and, and uh, 
you know, the one that's always trying to, you know, singing and dancing and all that. And I was kind of like, I was kind of standoffish. So eventually what happened was I came out of my, my cocoon, my shell, and through the help of my mother, my mother kind of saw through this mm-hmm. and she started to do things like uh, she changed my hair. She dyed my hair when I was 12 because I had my hair was kind of mousy, mousy brown, what they call <laughs> toe head, you know, and um, she dyed my hair like a red auburn. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a better, like a better look. And then um, she pulled my hair back, I think, and and uh, straightened it more. You know, back then, you know, mothers were into like, um, you know, they, they ran behind you with the straightening comb. <laughs> that was it. You know, it's like, come on, come on, hold still. Let me get that kitchen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that kitchen meaning. The back, you know, the back mm-hmm. part, you know, the mm-hmm. neck, the neckline. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, by the time I I started entering these talent contests, that's what helped me. Entering the talent contest, people start, you know, were surprised because they never knew me to be like a, a outgoing, entertaining uh, kid. And uh, when they saw this, they started to embrace me more. I became more popular. And that's what happened. And then when I became more popular, I started experimenting with makeup because uh, I would get the Vogue magazine mm-hmm. and uh, I would start experimenting my eyebrows, the eyeliner, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, my mother wouldn't allow me to wear makeup outside, but uh, I would put it on inside. And then, of course, I had to wash it off afterwards. But uh, I would do that. I would kind of like start experimenting with my makeup and... Um, and then by the time I turned 13 and 14, I was really, you know, I was really uh, into like wearing my eyebrow, you know, having the eyebrows thicker than they were, darker than they were, and uh, stuff like that. So Now, all this is going to be in your book that you're writing, this memoir? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all, it's all going to be in there, including childhood pictures of me. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. we'll get we'll a chance to see of see how you uh, blossomed uh, into. Yeah, I blossomed. I blossomed. I wasn't always um, this cute little girl. I wasn't a cute little girl. I was. I was a tomboy too. I was a tomboy. So oh. I was. I was content to like not be noticed that much, you know, because I was like having fun, you know, riding my bike, um, you know, playing with playing with the boys, fighting with the boys. You know, that kind of stuff. I remember seeing a photo of you and um, Jane Kennedy. And Eartha and, Kitt. And Eartha Kitt, all in bathing suits. Yeah. And was that yeah. for Jet Magazine? It was Jet Magazine, and it was taken by Ike Sutton, who was Jet's chief photographer. And, uh, and it was taken at, actually, it was taken at Eartha's, Eartha's house outside by her pool. Yeah. Three beautiful women. I didn't know who to look at first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so beautiful. Uh, now, you recently done, um, you recently did Family Reunion, the, uh, yes, the TV show with, with Richard and uh, Loretta, Loretta Devine. Devine uh-huh, Jack A. Harry. Uh, what's that, Tia? When is, yes, when are we uh, uh, able to see the 
episode? I they, I haven't been told yet, but it should be very soon because I we did it. I did it. Uh, it was January the twentieth and the twenty second. Those two mm-hmm. days. Those were my uh, work days. The twentieth. So, and the theme was like Valentine's Day. Oh, really? That was the theme of the episode. So, it should be on. It should be coming up soon. Any uh, new projects you're working on, or other than the the debut of? In fact, you can hold up the uh, the cover. Oh yeah, this one. This is the cover. This is the uh, single. Frida Payne and Johnny Mathis. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, any other projects you're working on? Well, I'm just basically um, no no other projects per se, mm-hmm. but there's always something new. Mm-hmm. There's always something new coming around the corner. Um, you did something a couple of months ago, a video. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I did. I got two things. That's important. I did um, uh, a project for this. It's, uh, it's called the mankind project dot org. Mm-hmm. And they got the, uh, they, we recorded the song. Remember the old, um, uh, Benny King hit Stand By Me. Oh, great, great song. Well, it just so happens that the writer of the song, uh, Mike Stoller, that was Lieber of Lieber and Stoller, Mike Stoller suggested me f- to do the song because mm-hmm. and we're, I'm friends with, he and he, with him and his wife, Corky Hill. Mm-hmm. And they, <clears throat> so they came to me and I agreed to do it. And what it is, they had me performing Stand By Me. We recorded it with the track and then they had a LGB uh, t- transgender choir. Mm-hmm. They went, they recorded them separately. This mm-hmm. was just done last August. They recorded them separately in another location. Uh, and so they put that all together and they recorded me and they put it out. It's called stand by me. And, the- and then I just did another project with the same people. And it's not out yet, mm-hmm. but it's uh, the song. We picked the song Lean On Me, Bill Withers. And mm-hmm. Lean On Me, it's like um, it was recorded outdoors and filmed outdoors on the roof of a building downtown, the federal mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm singing Lean On Me. Mm-hmm. And we're using a gospel choir doing the backgrounds Mm. and also the police choir. (laughs) I didn't know they had a choir. The police had a choir. And this is in conjunction with black lives matter. Mm. Mm. So that's very political, very political. (laughs) So it's uh, the police choir, the uh, gospel choir, and, uh, and then me singing the lead lean on me. And we have a rapper. They have a rapper, this young Latino, young Latino kid. He lives, I think he's like 16 or 17, maybe 18 years old. And he, when it comes for the break, the break, he does a, he does a rap. So he's rapping on it too. Wow. That's interesting. So, so see, you're still current. I mean, you're, 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 you've been a part of our culture. You're still a part of the culture and you're, book, your chapter 
has not been written yet. The, the final chapter has not been written yet. You're, you're still uh, making history. So I Yeah, t- and my book, oh yeah, I forgot. Um, yeah, my book, I've been working on that for over a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a with um, a guy by the name of Mark Vigo, mm-hmm. and uh, Mark and I uh, were, have been working on the book all year long. We started le- the year before last, actually, and that will be out this year. Uh, we plan that that should be released and uh, published this year. We're looking at September, around there, September, October. Oh, great. Fantastic. We'll be looking for that. In fact, maybe we'll have to have you back. Uh, We're going to take a break real quick and we'll come back. And when we come back, I want to talk about how I used to hang out with one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. uh, (laughs) When we come back. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to What's (laughs) Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Remember, you can uh, subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, don't forget to tell a friend that uh, if they missed the show this afternoon, that they can catch us at harlemamerica.com. Frida Payne's podcast to be there and all of our other podcasts. So thank you so much. We'll be right back after this. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. So, Frida, I have been racking my brain uh, to recall probing and analyzing my memory banks recalling (laughs) all of the time that you and i spent together here in new york (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, we've we had lunch at cafe regionette um we went roller skating at metropolis uh, roller skating rink which i was really really surprised that you could really skate I mean, oh, well, I, well, you know, you remember all of that? Yes, yes. You've yes. got a good memory. you got a sharp memory. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Was, did we go roller skating in New York? It, we went roller skating in New York. We wow. were roller skating in New York at a very popular place called Metropolis. Uh, we did that. Then also, I remember you used to um, 
sing the national anthem at the baseball games. Yeah. And, and I and I, I escorted you out on the field a couple of times. We, I, we, we did that twice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we did that twice. And I'm saying to myself, wow, you know, I'm, I'm with this beautiful woman. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, uh, how did I get to be so fortunate, you know, and then I never knew you felt that way about me because you were just you were just a nice guy. You were just this great, nice guy. And uh, I never thought you felt that way. Well, I did. I had this thing for you. But because because <laughs> because uh, a friend of mine who you dated. Uh, yeah. had told me, well, he told me he had dated you. I, 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 I resisted uh, letting my feelings be known because I didn't want to, you know, uh, trespass on my friend's, uh, you know. Territory. Yes. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, well, that was Richard Roundtree. Yes. <laughs> Richard Roundtree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard and I, we were, we were an item back then, you know. Yes. But you mentioned the roller skating. You said I could skate. Well, you know, I'm from Detroit. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, uh, not everybody, but a lot of kids back then in those days, they could they could skate. That was our pastime, going roller skating, going to the Arcadia. There was a place called the Arcadia Skating Rink in Detroit that mm-hmm. was really, really well known. And uh, I remember because Aretha would go there. I mean, everybody was there. It was like, really? I'm going back to like, we're going back to the, ooh, I mean, as far back as maybe the late 50s and in the uh, 60s. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was like a teenager then at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. I re- mm-hmm. So when I got to New York, I could still skate. Yes, you, you surprised me, I'm telling you. And, and that, that night I'm saying to myself, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? And I said, no, I better not. Then, then we, had, we had lunch at Raisinette one afternoon. I'm sitting across from you, and we're eating, we're talking. And in the back of my mind, should I? Or or should I? <laughs> you remember the name of the restaurant? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And, and then there was another place I had to escort you to where, where you um, performed, I think it was twice, uh, a place called Plato's Retreat. Do you remember Plato's Retreat? Oh, wow. Plato's. I remember the Continental Baths. Okay. Th- th- that was, was that it. it? That was the Continental Baths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was called the Continental Baths and it was on the run and owned by Steve Ostro. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I worked there. You know who also that kicked her career off? Bette Midler. Down the, that's right. That's right. That's and right. Sarah Vaughn worked there. Uh, Melba Moore worked there. And uh, it was like, it was a bath. It was a bathhouse, believe it or not. For men. I guess it's, yeah. And, 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 and I had never seen anything like that before. So while you were singing, I'm, I'm walking around and I'm looking. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. What's going on here? <laughs> what's going on? What is this? Yes. You know, people walking around in towels and things. Yeah. Yeah. What is what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was always so nice being with you, though. I mean, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be a man about town and to be seen with a, 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 a beautiful woman, especially a famous beautiful woman, uh, it was always a, a, a pleasure for me. But I always remembered if it hadn't been for Richard, maybe I might have had a chance. Oh, 
you see, in life, you know, you say, well, I should have turned left instead of right. <laughs> right, right, right. So, which brings me to the point, or brings me to this question. What have you had to give up? Have you ever sacrificed anything to become the freedom pain that you are? Well, you sacrifice doing things that you, let's say, normally would do or want to do, but you say to yourself, you know what? I better not do that, you know, because I got to keep my image, you know, keep my image pretty, <laughs> pretty clean or whatever. And uh, so when you sacrifice, you sacrifice. Well, first of all, being an entertainer and out here like this, uh, you, you just sacrifice by by, um, you know, taking care of you. You take care of. I don't know if I would call that a sacrifice. Uh, or you have to give up something that you can't like, for instance, if you have a dog. Or, or if, oh, I remember when my son was born and I got booked to do Daddy Goodness. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized that I couldn't keep him with me during the rehearsal period because I needed all my spare time to concentrate on the script and what I was doing. And I didn't see him. He must have been like about 15 months old at the time. Mm -hmm. Or fi no, 15 or no, 18 months old. And I remember I didn't see him for four weeks. And then finally I said, you know what? I want to have my baby brought out here. I was in, we were in Philadelphia mm -hmm. and uh, I had my housekeeper fly. I flew them both out and I, and I said, I'll never do this again. You know, that was a sacrifice to me. You know, I remember I just, I when they arrived, I just grabbed him and picked him up and I just bawled. It was like, oh, God, I'll, <laughs> never, I'll never do that again. So I, that's why sometimes when I hear about certain performers, superstars, how they, they have to like, they're on the road all the time. They're touring. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, they don't take their kids with them because the kid, guess what? The kids are in school. Right. Um, there was a time when Gregory started um, preschool. I didn't want to take him out of school. Mm -hmm. So I would like, uh, you know, I'd be work because I got to work. I got to work to make money to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would uh, sometimes when it came to spring break, I would fly him and the housekeeper out to where I was. And they would stay with me for the whole time until mm -hmm. it was time to go back. And uh, I remember when I did Sophisticated Ladies in Las Vegas, it was like an eight month run. Wow. And uh, we had a day off, which was Monday. So I would actually fly back to L.A. Like I think it was Sunday night. I would fly back to L.A., spend the whole day, all day Monday, and then fly back Tuesday afternoon. So I was doing that. And then when uh, when Gregory, when they were having when he had spring break or something like or if it was the summer months during the summer months, I would have them. I would have Gregory come. Uh, flown flown back and I would have him with me all the time. So I tried to keep him with me as much as possible. Well, I, I heard you speak to him just a little while ago. Is he, yeah. are, are you still keeping him with you? Yeah, he's still here. He's living with me. He's, <laughs> oh, staying, he's living with me because it's kind of, you know, at this point in my life, it's really not safe to be living alone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, I'm glad he's here. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, because, because he's had two parents in the uh, music business, uh, has Gregory uh, decided to, uh, to get into the music business or entertainment? Well, 
his dad, Gregory, Gregory Abbott, see, Gregory, when we were married, Gregory wasn't um, in the business. He was a teacher, but he, he wrote the song. He was going, he was a student going to Stanford University hmm. and he was working on his doctorate mm-hmm. and he, all he had to do was his dissertation. And he said, I'm done with that. <clears throat> so he was coming back and forth to LA. So I finally said, you know what? Why don't you come back here and stay and live with me? Mm-hmm. And cause we had a relationship and he lived with me and we were together for like t- living together for 10 months Mm-hmm. Until my uncle, who lived, in, who was a um, pastor, and became a bishop mm-hmm. of the Pentecostal Church uh, in Chicago, he insisted that we get married because he said, "You guys are living in sin." <laughs> so we got married, and uh, that was that. We stayed, and then I got pregnant right away. I got, I was got pregnant right. Away. I think I got pregnant on our honeymoon. And, well, uh, that, that's a good time to, uh, you know, <laughs> on the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we we didn't stay married long. I thought my marriage was going to last longer. I really did. I thought I'd made the right decision, but it turned out that I made an error, but it was okay. I mean, he was a, he was a good, he wasn't a bad person at all. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a good person, but it just didn't work out. Our, our person, let's say conflict of interest or irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. They use that word a lot. And, 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 what, was the, and what, what was the big hit that he wrote? Oh, Shake You Down. That's oh, it. Gregory, he had, he, he lucked out. Uh, we separated and then we divorced. He went back to New York where he's from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started read. I started hearing rumors from people that know me and know him. They said, oh, he's working on, he's going in the studio recording and working on some songs. And also I'd heard that he had started getting a job on Wall Street because he's very smart, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with that. He was always kind of like into the business side. And then the next thing I know, I'm reading in Jet, Columbia Records. Gregory Abbott has a a record deal, an album deal uh, on Columbia. And I'm saying, well, I'll be done. (laughs) And then the song comes out. And becomes not only it it goes to number one pop, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. and R and B, and at the same time. And I said, "Well, I'll be darned." <laughs> I said, "If I hadn't divorced him, he, this never would have happened." <laughs> <laughs> so well, you know, sometimes some things are meant to be. You guys are still friends today, or? Uh, we talk, but we we don't really. You know, we're not. Let's say we could be friendlier. I'll put it that way. We could mm-hmm. be friendlier. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So uh, who would you like to work with now? Oh, my goodness. Who would I like to work with now? If you had a wish list, give me three people that you'd like to work with. Mm. I'd like to work with, oh, I would say, oh my goodness, that's me, a hard question for me. Give me a singer and an actor, and Denzel Washington actor. Okay, Denzel. Okay, and a singer that would be oh, I would say 
uh, well, I already worked with, I mean, I've worked with the ones I've, I've liked the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, he means uh, it could be a man or a woman? Well, yes, it could be a man or a woman. Oh, uh, wow. Peebo, well, I worked with Peebo already. Peebo, Bryson, we worked together. You also did a project Mike. with... You also did a project with Kanye West and and uh, a few other people for the. It was a song called. Um, oh, that was the. Um, we are the world. We are the world. With Quincy, that was Quincy. with Quincy Jones. Okay. And that's uh, that was a project that was was that two thousand and eight. Two thousand and ten. Two thousand and ten, because it was uh, involving the earthquake in Haiti. Right, that's what it was. And, right, right, yeah, right, right, and it was right. oh my god! Everybody who that was anybody was on that. <clears throat> that that's was great. On that particular particular program, Frida, we were at the A and M studios in Hollywood. Mm. Frida, uh, we're wrapping it up now, uh, but I, I want you to know it was so nice reconnecting with you, and so so nice reflecting on our our time together, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly hope that, that this won't be the last time that uh, you uh, come back and, and let us know what's going oh, on. Oh, I'd like to say, before you we, uh, cut it off, mm-hmm. I would say Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, I've okay. Never, I've never done a project with Stevie Wonder. Funny you should say Stevie, because I, I reached out, I left the, uh, I sent an email to Stevie. I, I left a voicemail. I tried to leave a voicemail on his phone, but his voicemail is always filled. Uh, yeah. I, I was trying to get him for the show as well. We've got oh. one minute left, and uh, I want to thank you so very, very much. This has been great, uh, and I look forward to uh, listening to the project when it, when it drops March 26th, you said? Yeah, yes. You and Johnny Mathis, and I look forward to yeah. seeing you on the family reunion. And I look forward to speaking with you again real soon. So thank you so very much. Okay. I would love to speak with you again, Keith. It'll be my pleasure. Okay. Have a a great day and a better one tomorrow. Don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walked a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, life is tough, but you're tougher. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow, uh, unless you've made other plans. This is Keith (laughs) Alexander on What's Hot Harlem America. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.